Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where we're vibrant through the book 10 minutes at a time. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and in today's episode, we're talking about that one time in the Bible where Abraham asks God a dumb question, and then his family is sentenced to 400 years in prison. If you're wondering, what in the world are we talking about? We're looking at Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 to 21. My guest today is the one, the only pastor, Ben Williams. Ben, good to see you again. Good to see you too. I'm glad you're feeling great. Glad, glad yes. you're feeling good. Yes, I, I definitely am. For those who are, li- well, I guess literally everyone except for you and I are listening to the episode, you don't <laughs> notice because you have not missed a beat at all, but I've actually been living life horizontally for about about a week because I got COVID and today's the first day where I can come back and record. And so I've, I've missed the whole rhythm and routine that we've been developing of vibing through the book 10 minutes at a time. So I'm super grateful to be back. Today, we're looking at a really curious passage of scripture, Genesis chapter 15. It's labeled in, at least in my Bible, the NLT as the Lord's covenant promise to Abraham. It's a very interesting uh, story just to kind of paint the broad picture. Abraham comes to God with a question like, yo, God, what's the deal? You made a promise and it's not really happening. And then there's this thing that God does about, you know, sacrifices. There's maybe even, and hopefully we'll get to this at the end of the episode, like what seems like almost like a seance that's happening like at the end of the chapter. And so I want to get to that as well. But there's this really interesting question that Abraham starts off with. And he says, what good, he's talking to God, what good are all of your blessings when I don't even have a son? It's a, it's, it's a bold question. It's a very like in your face question. He's like, God, you promised that I would have a kid. And yet what gives, like, why have you not come through on your word? Yeah, I think it, and it's, it's so interesting because the whole thing starts out with God being like, Hey, fear not Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. (laughs) And yeah, like you said, Abram's kind of like, yeah, that sounds real great, except for you did not come through on your promise because I don't have a kid. 
Uh, all oh, of man. my stuff is going to other people. Like you haven't held up your end of the bargain. And he starts asking questions. And I, and it seems, I don't know about you, Justin, but it seems like these questions are kind of like, I don't a, a little bit aggressive. Yeah, like the first yeah. question he says, Oh Lord, what will you give me? For I continue childless. Like there's like it seems like there's a little sass in there. Yes, there's there's definitely some frustration, and I think for context, like I don't know exactly the number of years that this chapter has passed from the original promise, but we're talking at least a decade. Uh, We're talking many, many, many years have passed, and we've talked about this theme over and over and over up to this point in Genesis about you know trusting and waiting on God's timing and on His promises. But let's just be real, saints. Like sometimes. Not even sometimes, most of the time, all the time, like I don't, enough of the time, it just feels like, come on, God, your timing isn't always what we're wanting or what we're mm-hmm. looking for. And so even when we hear the promises of God and God is sweet and tender with us, like sometimes it's just like, come on, God, like what's going on? Like you, like I'm calling BS, like you've ever played that, that card game, <laughs> BS, like there's no way that this is actually happening. Like what good are your blessings when I blank? And I just, mm-hmm. I, I just... It, you know, we think about that that idea that we're taught in elementary school that there's no such thing as a bad question. There's no such thing as a dumb question. But if there was one, this feels like that one. Like it feels mm. like this is the moment where it's like, dude, that's a bad. Like, don't ask God that question. That's a really bad thing to ask him. Yeah, it's like it's that awkward that awkward thing where I mean, I think there's some kind of boldness that I don't know where he got it because I think we just like you were saying, like I sometimes feel very uncomfortable even asking God questions like i'm a little scared Hmm. of it like much less Hmm. because yeah he's he says that that sassy thing and then like the next verse like he doesn't even give god a second to reply he then just goes (laughs) in and says behold you have given me no offspring and he's just like he's feeling super upset and it seems like at some level he is looking at god's promises through his flesh Hmm. so like he's he's testing god's word whether or not it's good or not, whether God is actually faithful or not, by looking at himself. And when he looks at himself, right, because his whole premise for kind of thinking that God is actually not faithful, and his whole premise for asking these questions is because he's looked at himself, and he said, God promised me a kid, but no kid. God promised Mm. me a kid, but my wife is very old and barren. God promised me uh, the descendants as, as, as the sand of the sea, Yet there's just me and my wife. And he starts to have this this question of whether or not God is faithful according to him looking at himself. Hmm. You, you said that there are times in your life, if not many times in your life, where you feel hesitant to ask God like mm-hmm. these types of questions. Like, God, you promised fill in the blank. Or God, you said that you would always be with me. You said that this, this, and this, and this. But you feel like skeptical or hesitant like you're unsure if you should ask god the question do you un, what, what's the thinking behind that like why is it that in those moments if you were to like diagnose yourself like why are you so afraid to ask god those questions because because i think we've all been there at some point mm. where it's like we feel like god promised something better and yet we're we're afraid to shine light on the circumstance we're afraid to hold the mirror up to god and call him on his promises what's the psychology behind that you think I think that there's probably multiple things, but a big one for me, and I don't know if I feel it as much anymore as I used to, but I used to really feel this level of, if I actually ask this question, I am giving a testament to the fact that I have no faith. Like, 
Hmm. If I actually had faith, if I actually believed in God, then I wouldn't one have questions and two, right. I wouldn't need to ask them. And right, so all the good boys and girls never have questions. Yeah. They're just like singing the song. Everything's great. Kumbaya. We're drinking the Kool-Aid. No problems. No, yeah. Nothing's going wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the picture that I grew up with in churches. If you have a question that that means that something is wrong with your faith, that is something that's mm. wrong with you. Hmm. And what's really interesting here is that as Abram asks these questions, not only does, not only is God patient with him, not only does God not like react negatively, but God also, he gives him one, he gives him evidences. Because when mm-hmm. Abram asks these questions, he's like, God, how can I know that you're actually good? What God actually does is points Abram back to the creation story. Because if you look here, it says, uh, it says later on, it says right here in, uh, let's see, verse five, look toward the heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them, then he said to him, so shall your offering offsprings be. And mm. Abram in this time would have known that like God created the stars in the heavens. And so when God is pointing back to the creative work that he has done, he is helping Abram see that because God has been faithful in the past and he has shown his ability to actually do what he has said he will do, this should strengthen his faith in the future. But what I really, really like here is that in the midst of Abram's questions, this is said of him, and he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. There's this level that God's opinion of Abram doesn't change because of his questions. Not only does he is his opinion of him not change, but the Bible clearly tells us that like Abram is the father of faith and the New Testament recounts that he never wavered in his faith. And this gives me a lot of joy. This gives me a lot of hope because then my questions don't become this thing that negate my faith or show mm. that I have a lack of faith. But I think questions, more often than not, are actually a healthy part of the faith journey. Ooh, okay. Because what is a relationship with someone where we have a question, but we're too afraid to even ask it? Like, mm. what? what is, like, if I, if Justin, you and I were friends and you did some things I was, like, feeling a little uncomfortable with, and I was just like, no, I'm too afraid to ask him because I don't know what his reaction would be, and I don't know what that says about my relationship with him. That actually, I think even just like questioning my questions says more about the relationship than actually asking a question. Questioning a person, asking a person a question is not an indicator of a lack of relationship, but rather mm. the, a, a, a demonstration of the intimacy that is shared between two people, that yeah. you have the safe relationship that is necessary in order to ask the tough questions. Mm. Who else could you reveal your heart to by asking questions in such a way that other than, other than someone that you actually love and loves back, right? It, yeah. it's, it's an indicator that there is intimacy, not that you're mm. lacking intimacy. Yeah, definitely. And we see that here. And I think it's important for us to know this, that when we, and this is something I, I can't remember where I heard it. I heard it somewhere and they had it on a slide and I can, I'm a very visual person, so I can still see it up on the slide, but it said that questions don't kill faith. Silence does hmm. this idea that the problem is not if you have a question for God or have a question of faith or have a question of the church or whatever it is. The problem actually becomes is when we silence them and they actually build in the background. And so mm. I think an encouragement to me from this passage is like I I can I not only should, but I can. I can mm. ask my questions of God. He's big enough to not only not get mad at me, but he's also big enough to come down and literally speak to me and answer my questions, to be with me in those in those troubling moments. Dang, that's a word. That is a word. I mean, we could end the episode right there because that <laughs> yeah. is 
I know for a fact that someone listening to this episode mm. is like, dang, that, that's what I needed to be reminded of this morning. But the story doesn't end there. There's a lot of interesting that ha- interesting things that happen after this. The very next verse, verse 9, the Lord tells him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, and a three-year-old ram, turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And then basically he cuts all these animals in half, rather except for the birds, and then vultures yeah. come. Like, what's... <laughs> There's so much happening here in the Old Testament that I'm just like, gosh, you know, th- there's this is one of the challenges of reading a book several thousand years later. It's like mm. there's clearly something that's happening that's culturally understood. And yet when I see it, it's just like, well, that's barbaric. That's so random. They just chopped a bunch of animals in half. Like, okay. Yeah. And I think I think what's before even going a little bit into there, just to see what like what brought that about is that Abram asks the Lord and he says, Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? Meaning the land and oh, these generations and God's response. And so this is, it makes it even maybe a little more confusing. <laughs> yeah, more God, weird. <laughs> he, yeah. Abram's like, how can I know this is true? And God's like, grab me some stuff. We're going to cut it up. <laughs> and, and that's, a, that's what and then Abraham's like, well, oh, Now I know yeah, all my questions are I, answered. You should have just said that in the first place. Why'd you show me the stars? <laughs> Okay, so uh, so what is God actually telling Abram in this kind of weird, culturally mm. important experience of cutting animals in half and then vultures sweeping down to eat the carcasses, but Abraham chasing them away? Yeah, so there's this there's this practice that used to happen way back in the day, and hopefully not anywhere anymore. But they would take these animals and they would cut them in half, and then they would lay them on two sides. And then you and your, whoever it may be, your business partner, it could be your covenant partner, would walk through them as a sign that you guys are going to be faithful to the covenant. And the okay. whole the whole idea is, let's say, Justin, you and I, we make a promise to each other. We say, we are never going to not eat cereal together on Tuesday mornings. And Ooh, to okay. make sure we are going to be faithful, we are going to cut these animals in half, and <laughs> okay. we are going to walk through together. And the symbolism is, if either of us is unfaithful to our end of the bargain, then what has happened to these animals that we have passed through should happen to us. Oh, shoot. So it's pretty heavy. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. if I then next week eat cereal, I, let's say I forgot, or, or let's say, no, no, let's not even say that I forgot. Let's say that, you know, the next time we sit down and record an episode, you know, you make fun of the fact that I look bald when I slick my hair back. We mm-hmm. were in, mm-hmm. in our group chat, I was sending everyone the uh, thumbnail of the Mars Hill episode. And I'm like, dude, why does it look like Tyler and I have the same barber? Because my <laughs> hair is slicked back and Tyler is the bald eagle. And uh, let's say that you make that joke and I get offended. And so next Tuesday comes around and I decide to have a bowl of Lucky Charms at the designated time where we promised we would never do it again. My punishment, if I understand you correctly, is now I need to be cut in half based off of the ritual that you and I just went through together. Yeah. 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 Pretty, pretty heavy. <laughs> okay. Interesting. All right. And so, and so what's really interesting here um, is then what happens. Because if we go down and we see in verse 17 through the end, what happens is they're about to have to do this thing. Like, hmm. and Abraham would, Abram would have known this. And Abram would have been like, okay, so then the way that I can know that this is going to come to pass is hmm. that he and I are going to enter into a contract. So if I'm faithful, then he will be faithful. Okay, hmm. good. Like, that makes, that makes sense. So we can have this covenant so we're both sure, and then I'll know for sure. But what happens instead is Abram actually falls asleep. The Bible says that a deep sleep falls upon him. He goes to sleep. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And when he wakes up, he sees he sees in verse 17 a smoking fire pot, so one, and a flaming torch pass between the pieces. 
and it says so there's, on, there's two things that are passing through the middle, but Abraham is not things. one of them. He's sleeping. Yeah, he's he's taking a nap. He's kind of groggy. He's waking up at this point, kind of seeing what happens. And then on eighteen, it's in verse eighteen. It says, "On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram." And what's really interesting here is that God makes a covenant with Abram without Abram actually having to be a part of it. But there is still two figures. And many people, many scholars, and I would say I agree with them, show that this is actually a foretelling of what Jesus Christ would do. Wow. That on behalf of humanity, Jesus actually enters into the covenantal relationship with God and actually mm. bears the penalty for the break Ooh. in covenant of humanity. Wow. And so, so there's this picture, and God is showing him that how do you know for mm. sure that you will receive the blessings is because you receiving the blessings is actually not on your shoulders. Ooh. If receiving the blessings has to do with Abram or any of us ever not breaking the covenant, then we would actually have no way of knowing whether or not wow. we would actually receive the promise. But because hmm. the promise and the faithfulness of God is based on his own faithfulness alone, then we can know that his promises are good. Because his promises are not based on now me or you doing our devotions every single day. Like his his mm. promises are not based on you or I not sinning anymore, but it's actually based on Jesus and God making a covenant on behalf of humanity to bless humanity. Wow. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the gospel. I mean, it's yeah. a really weird illustration of cutting a bunch of animals it in is. half, but but that's it the is. gospel, right? It's the promise that God himself will fulfill it, right? Yeah. We always want to jump in and say like, ah, I'm going to do this thing. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, you're going to try. And mm. maybe sometimes you might get close to succeeding, but here's the good news. Even when you don't, even when you you try your best and and things go completely wrong, like I'm going to be faithful to you. My promise yeah. is that I'm faithful even when you're not, and you can take yeah. that to the bank. And and, and and I'm looking back at a couple of a uh, couple of earlier verses because there's this really weird moment where where God is basically saying to Abram, "Hey, there's going to be some things that happen that kind of suck. Like like mm. not even kind of, but really suck. Your descendants are going to be strangers in a foreign land. They're going to be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. Like yeah. God is giving him insight to the fact." that life will you will experience a lot of challenges some very specific mm. challenges for his lineage and yet in the middle of it he's reassuring abram that while that's happening i'm still faithful to you and i think that that's really powerful because a lot of times that we're doing what abram does at the beginning of this chapter where we look at our circumstances we look at what's happening around us as indicators as to whether or not we are still qualified for god's promise or mm. if we somehow disqualified ourselves and what what god is saying is hey listen at the beginning of the chapter you're you're focused on the wrong thing you're wondering did i do enough am i faithful like what's going on here but i'm prom promising you that I'm faithful on my own character without mm. any input from you. So such to the extent that even when things are at their worst and your family's imprisoned and things are horrible, mm. you can still know that the reason why you're going through it is not because I've, for, I've forgotten you or abandoned you. Wow. Yeah. I think that is so important because if you think about, maybe some of you know, maybe some of you don't, later on, these people of God are actually going to become slaves for generations mm -hmm. and generations, for like hundreds of years. And if you're sitting in the middle of that, thinking, man, what did I do to get myself here? And mm -hmm. how can I get myself out? I wonder if God is ever even going to help me out. Like, 
what is going to happen. And then you start to try to figure it out. But instead, you can actually just base it on God's faithfulness. And I think of it as in, in a very similar way as, I mean, as today. There's a lot of times, especially when I was growing up, I would sit there and I would think, it one, is Jesus even coming back? And right. two, is he coming back for me because I know everything I've been doing and I know I'm not supposed to be doing those things. Mm. And you can kind of mm. get into this weird mindset of like, did I cause this to happen? Did I not cause it? it? Is me causing this bad situation in my life actually showing that Jesus isn't coming back for me? But what Jesus is saying here, and I think he's saying it to us as well, is him coming back and being faithful even to his promise of deliverance in the end of resurrection, of new life, is not dependent on you, Justin. It is not dependent mm. on me. It is dependent on the faithfulness of Jesus, which we know never, ever faltered. Mm. Mm. Man, that's good news. That's good news. We can take that to the bank, and no matter what circumstance we're experiencing today, we can know for a fact that God is faithful. Yeah. Hey, Ben, I got a question for you. Yeah, shoot. Do you know how many countries in the world there are? Um, at least, at the very least, 15. <laughs> <laughs> you are so accurate. Yes, there are at least 15. Okay, so according to world uh, worldometers.info, there's 195 countries in the world. Mm. Uh, that was something that I had to Google because I didn't know the answer to that question. But here's a different question. Do you know how many countries that the move is actually finding presence in? Uh, I, at least one because I've listened to the United States. <laughs> yes. so. There is. A, you, you know how to hedge your bets. We have reached, <laughs> according to the latest numbers that I received this morning, 66 out of the 195 countries in the world. That's Which, a lot more know. than I expected. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> proud of that. Like, okay, so here, yeah. here, here are some of the ones that you would assume are are, are following with us on the move. In, mm -hmm. in number one, this is probably no surprise. You could guess this one. It's the United States. We've mm -hmm. got Australia, South Africa, Canada, the UK. And then I love this. Coming in at number six and number seven is Ghana and the Philippines. Shout out wow. to those of you guys who are in Ghana and or the Philippines. Like, it's awesome yeah. that we got viewers or viewers. Like, yeah, it's, no, this is listeners because this is podcast data, not the YouTube data, by the way. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know, we have one of each if you prefer to watch our beautiful faces. Hey, there you go. There's the YouTube <laughs> channel. Um, but yes, for the podcast, all the way down to the Philippines. And so here's a couple other uh, ones that I didn't quite think of when it comes to different countries of the world. Uh, the Argentine Republic is one. Austria. We have listeners or listeners in Austria. We have listeners in Korea, in Poland, in Sweden, in Croatia, in Japan, in Hungary, in Brazil. Like we have listeners all over the world. And it's just so cool to know that this podcast is serving all of you guys. And we're just, we just want to say thank you for joining along. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, we invited you guys to rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts specifically. And we went from one five-star review to 17 five-star reviews. So thank you guys wow. for doing that. Uh, we just appreciate you guys very, very, very much. And we're grateful for you guys just being a part of this process. So if you haven't done it yet, go to Apple Podcasts, rate this podcast. And as our friend bon Benjamin Lundquist who runs a different podcast Ben Williams can you do your impression of Mr. Lundquist you know if you think that we deserve a five star rating go ahead and rate it we would love that and if you want to 
uh, post any of our media, we will try to do a repost. We are so thankful that you've been listening. I'm sorry, Ben Lund, because we only met one time, and I'm already out here trolling, and I apologize. <laughs> oh, they, they say that uh, uh, what was it? imitation is the sincerest form of flattery yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I think that's the phrase. But I think that's, that's actually it. a pretty good uh, imitation of Benjamin Lundquist. If you haven't seen his podcast, hold on here. Let's, let's plug him real quick so that way yeah, he doesn't yeah, have yeah. any any bad feelings. Uh, the Rise and Lead podcast is a fantastic podcast it is a great- run by a brother of ours. Uh, who, who helps you basically discover your life purpose, learn how to lead yourself and others better. It's a fantastic podcast. But that was a very good impression of him. Thank uh, you. <laughs> but all the things that you said are true. Rate the podcast yeah. five stars. Anytime someone tags me when they're sharing a clip from the podcast, I immediately reshare that on my platform. So thank you to all of you guys who are doing that. Just guys, we are, well, I was going to say we wouldn't be able to do this without you, which isn't entirely true. We would still do this without you guys because like guys talking about the Bible, mm-hmm. let's be real, is fun. Whether we had one viewer or a million viewers, it doesn't matter. Like this is just something that we love. But it is much more fun when we get to see people from all over the world engaging and sharing and doing all the things that you guys are doing. So thank you guys so much for helping us to, to, to make this podcast reach more people. Every view, every share, every rating, all those things continue to help spread the word and we're really, really grateful.